0: Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network.
1: What up, what up, what up, podcast party people? What's happening? How you doing? How you living? How you feeling? Are you vibing? Surviving? Thriving? Better not be conniving. Oh, man, what crazy times these are. Fucking crazy times. I got to give a shout out first and foremost to Vogue, guitar player from Machine Head. He is... been Him and his friends have been taking uh, medical supplies and fresh water to the good people of Ukraine who have been fleeing the war that Russia started over there. And, uh, yeah, they've been taking it there pretty regularly. And in fact, they've set up a uh, PayPal to help them with their, uh, expense. If you want to donate, these are in contribution, in contribution, in coordination with several Ukrainian relief charities. And so, uh, if you're interested in donating and many of you have vog was telling me that like after we put it out yesterday, that tons of people donated, which was awesome to hear that. Um, yeah, there is a bunch of money. So uh, if you want to go over to the machine head, all just check it out. It's all, all that information's on our socials. But if you hadn't heard that definitely away and shout out to Vogue and his friends for doing all that stuff, you know, there's 650,000 people have fled Ukraine since the war started. Uh, this illegal, immoral war that Russia started with Ukraine. And uh, they've showed a fuck ton of fighting. Way under underestimated the resolve of the Ukrainian, Ukrainian people. It's not Ukraine, it's Ukraine. And uh, man, it's been fucking wildly impressive to watch. I mean, scary shit. You know, people standing up to tanks and shit, like f- forming human barricades in front of tanks. It's been their uh, their leader, Lazinski's He's a badass man. He's a fucking badass, and uh, you know they've showed an incredible amount of resolve. And Vog again, got to give a shout out to him for uh, taking medical supplies. You know, he lives in Krakow, Poland. It's only three hours from the border to U- Ukraine. And so, you know, the fighting's like one hour inside of that. So, yeah, he's right there in the mix of all of it. So, uh, yeah, crazy times, man. Crazy times. A lot of a lot of Russian people don't believe in the war. There have been tons of anti-war protests from Russian people, which is very heartening to see. Um, lots of the biggest rapper in in Russia i guess is Oxymoron I, I don't know if i'm saying his name right but he came up against the war slaughter to prevail came out said no to war all kinds of travel bloggers and influencers and other rappers and musicians and artists all coming out i mean this is pretty much unheard of you know this type of stuff is unfucking heard of you know like severe consequences for speaking out people arrested and disappearing there have been protests all over you know all over russia people coming out thousands of people protesting and uh yeah they're not into it they're like yeah no not cool not okay at all so uh yeah man it's been a crazy time so i hope you're all getting through it well not getting bogged out and too much social media overload with it um let's see what else has been going on i think you're gonna like this podcast this band is fucking ripping gotta check these guys out man fucking crushing dude really good shit malevolence new album coming out called malicious intent and uh yeah I was very stoked. These guys I've been rocking these guys a lot lately. Killer to work out to. I've been working out like a motherfucker to these guys. Squats, bro. Fucking squats. Okay, never miss leg day, man. Never miss leg day. Jared and I just did a photo shoot with Travis Shin. The the amazing and incredibly talented Travis Shin album photo shoots promo photo shoots um yeah turned out really good fucking awesome it's gonna be sick dude it's gonna be a really badass package cover art's done I'm fucking I can't I'm can't I'm gonna go crazy between now and the release of this record I'm gonna fucking get all this shit out man you just start hearing these songs Fucking banging your head, a motherfuckers are gonna you're not ready. You're not ready. You think you're ready. You ain't ready. No, no, no. Yeah, it's gonna be good shit, man. I'm excited. Fucking excited. Just wanna fucking put it all out there. Why do we gotta wait? I have no patience. Actually, I've got a lot of patience, but fuck. I'm excited, man. So yeah, that was some good stuff. Going to get ready to shoot. Probably going to be shooting a video next week. Um, That's pretty exciting. For a fucking ripper of a song. Ripping ripper of a song. Yeah. Um, Let's see. What else is going on? I'm watching Game of Thrones with my youngest son, Wyatt. Geneva and, and I have watched... I think this is our fourth time watching Game of Thrones now. But, you know, it's fucking great. Love that show. So much violence and treachery and sex. Fucking God, man. Just brothels and lesbians and it's hot. <laughs> it's kind of weird sometimes watching others it like, hey, close your eyes. Oh, wait, you're 15 now. You can't... <laughs> it's more awkward for Ginevra than it is for me. She's like... Okay. (laughs) It's so well done. Such a great story, man. We're only on, I think we're on season one still. It's just like so much shit still to happen. So much stuff to happen. But uh, actually, I think we just got into season two yep happy hour is returning this friday just so you know uh the electric happy hour that's going on this friday streamed live on twitch facebook and youtube is going to be a trifecta of birthday awesomeness it is barbecue's birthday and filthy phil's birthday and kirk mccray Cray's birthday and uh, barbecue in particular really wants everybody to do beer bongs and shots and shoey, which is where you pour a beer into a shoe and then drink it out of the shoe. Shoe Shoeys, beer bongs, shots, emu uppercuts, which is where you do a shotgun of the beer and then you punch it. And then if you do it, film a video of it and then stick that shit up on whatever and then use the hashtag electric happy hour. And we will probably regram them. We will re regram, repost your uh, beer bongs and your shots and your shoeies and all that good stuff. So, in in honor of the epic trifecta of birthday awesomeness and ragingness that's happening. It's also going to be an alcohol-themed show. Nothing but drinking songs. Well, you know, a lot of drinking songs. We've, Jared and I are going to learn a bunch of country songs and drinking songs. Country, we're going to play, I'm going to need some whiskey glasses if I'm going to see the truth. She's probably making out on the couch right now with someone new. You know what I'm talking about. That fucking Morgan Wallen. I can't stop listening to him. Fucking love Morgan Wallen. Some of the older stuff, couple songs off the new. His new album's too goddamn long, but but there is some bangers on there. Every song's about drinking whiskey. <laughs> like shit goes good, drink some whiskey. Shit goes bad, drink some whiskey. It's basically a template on how to become an alcoholic. <laughs> the whole record. Every song, I'm like, holy moly, dude. All right, you know, it's, it's new new lyric. Try it. Try another word besides whiskey. It's a good word, whiskey, and it always, it's always got like a at the. It's whiskey. It's got an H at the front of it. It's like H W H I S K whiskey. I'm gonna need some whiskey glasses. Yeah, we're gonna do that. We're gonna do some other songs that we fucked around with. Should be fun, man. So tune in. Electric Happy Hours back after taking the week off. Um, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna play you some malevolence. Do I have malevolence pulled up? Oh my god, I totally failed. I didn't pull up malevolence on my fucking Spotify like I usually do before this. What the fuck, man? Malevo there it is. There they are. All right, check this out. Brian Garrett Garrison? Brian Garrett. Brian Garrison from Knocked Loose, showing up on this song called "Keep Your Distance." Banger! I think it's Brian. I should know this. He was on my fucking podcast. Embarrassing. I said Brian Garrison. Brian Garris. Yeah. I got it all. Garrison, Garrett, Brian Garris. Sick, right? It's heavy as fuck, dude. This is their new track right now, they just dropped. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna play this song for you. This song, though, It's fucking cool, dude. Fucking guitars. We talk about this song. This song's awesome. The uh, singer Khan sings it. didn't expect this out of this band. Very, very cool song, man. You got to listen to this. I can't play the whole thing, but... That song's called The Other Side. First song was called Keep Your Distance. This is their new single out on Nuclear Blast and their own record label. This song is called On Broken Glass. Video's pretty sick, too. Machine Head Harmonic in there. Heavy, right? now you know what I'm saying? Check these motherfuckers out, dude. Check these motherfuckers out, dude. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to No Fucking Regrets, Mr. Alex Taylor of the mighty malevolence alex taylor how you doing man?
2: i'm good man i'm good i'm very uh, very grateful to be here thank you for having me on
1: yeah you're welcome you're welcome i'm i'm very stoked to have you on i've been <laughs> listening to your latest crushing album and it's been splitting my head day after day as i'm working out doing squats it's awesome
2: amazing amazing <laughs> thank you so much
1: <laughs> yeah man What's that? What's that in the back? What's this thing in the back behind you over here? This thing? Yeah. Uh,
2: so this is just, um, this. so the, where I'm at right now is uh, our studio that we built during the uh, lockdown. Um, so this is the, like the control center, I guess. Um, oh, okay. Just behind the screen here, we've got a, rec- a recording booth. Um, uh, the MLV LTD is just our, uh, our, our record label.
1: Oh, that's label. your record label.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. This is like where we've we tracked all of the uh, vocals for the uh, the new album. Awesome, uh, man. But yeah, this is like that I'm in the control center right now.
1: <laughs> oh, shit. You're in HQ. I love That's it. You get an HQ. That's pretty badass. Now, I was reading about that, that you guys kind of built it. I guess it was pretty shot when you guys moved in and you guys like put up the walls and did the wiring and the piping and
2: yeah, yeah. So it was like a, it was a lockdown project for us, really. So we um, when we first moved in when we first came to even look at the place it was like completely barren Um, the room that i'm in now was actually like an old toilet that all the urinals had been ripped out and it was gross like the whole place was falling apart and then uh yeah we we moved in like downstairs is where we run the uh the merchandise and the warehouse uh, the label side of things and then upstairs is yeah we built this this studio from the ground up um yeah it was a a labor of love really like we just kind of put our heads together and said we need a we need a space that we can come and be creative um and come and you know in, really invest our time and make somewhere that we want to be you know when we were writing and recording uh because the place we were at before was just like you know your typical like uh something out of saw movie kind of looks <laughs> dark and dingy corridors I and know,
1: uh fluorescent <laughs> lights everywhere
2: yeah really cd really not very nice not somewhere you want to go and try and write so we just thought yeah this is what we're going to invest a lot of time in and um, spend a lot of time in so we really invested ourselves into it
1: that's awesome man no i think it's uh now i was reading that you guys got so you guys you guys have your merch and you do all your merch yourself
2: yeah so um yeah we've, we've 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 always tried to keep as much as we can just like ourselves we've we've always been quite a diy outfit anyway um from even from like back in the day when our, our drummer's mum's living room was piled high with merch boxes and they uh, <laughs> they there was like an operation for a, a good few years where uh you know everything was run out of our drummer's mum's living room so um And now we have this super
1: nice mom
2: (laughs) yeah yeah i've got a shout out to sue because she's she's an amazing shout out yeah sue and steve they uh they 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 helped us out a lot um and yeah we just took over their house for like a good five or six years
1: (laughs) i you know it's i think it's awesome to hear stuff like that you know there was a when when we first started we did that you know we kind of came from like punk rock hardcore scene and then at some point like we just whatever like we got convinced to sell off our merch and then for a long time it was just in another company's hands and it's so cool to see bands nowadays like really taking that back into their you know own power and like you know their own control and i think that's awesome
2: yeah i think it's 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 good for us because we we always like to have that kind of hands-on approach and especially like when it comes to engaging with the people who buy our merch as well it means that we can really like you know that when you buy a t-shirt like it's being packed by the band you know it's it's been Given to the postman it's like literally coming
1: from our hands to you so i right. think people people like that um do you guys and, all sit down and actually pack the merchandise orders uh i'm not i'm not even gonna
2: pretend that i do it because i don't but <laughs> okay we'll will, will Kier, our bassist and charlie our drummer, they're the they're the main brain force and we have okay. a couple of friends who um who help us out as well so um yeah I I pitch him when it's needed <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> but yeah no they're they're the main the main uh
1: hands on deck would you guys sit down though like I was looking at I was checking out your merch and it's very um you know lots of windbreakers like you guys got the new pink windbreaker for the ladies yeah. I guess which was cool yeah, yeah. I mean like when you guys are like are you do you sit down as a band and go okay this is what we're gonna do for like our merch line you know like what isn't being done or like how does that all happen
2: Um, So mainly it's our basis Wilkie like he designs most of our stuff Um, so I know he spends a lot of hours like really kind of perfecting and creating what we think is cool merch Uh, and then he'll like send us some ideas over just like Facebook and say hey what do you think to this or what do you think we should do for this out this campaign or something like that so um yeah there's we don't necessarily sit down it's just we kind of put a lot of our trust in in him and he does an amazing job um just kind of handles it really and and it's and, you know we've done some really fun items like just the christmas just gone we did some like advent calendars and oh, okay. hot, hot sauces and you know we're just trying like we just try and make like obviously we've got like the t-shirts and the hoodies and stuff but we kind of want to try and make new things some novelty stuff some fun stuff um and try and keep it interesting yeah
1: i love it that you did an advent calendar for christmas that's hysterical
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, yeah do you
1: know is it like a death metal splattery like <laughs> to, like what's the vibe
2: <laughs> you know what i don't think i've got one um i should have actually got one but um they they like it was just a photo of us
1: like okay
2: it's a bit tongue-in-cheek like we're kind of like photoshopped to look like giants over the city si- over a city
1: okay okay but
2: when we ordered them we ordered them thinking that they would come in like a an a4 kind of size and then uh they actually turned up and they were about this big like mini <laughs> calendars so we just kind of we just kind of ran with it and we're like yeah you oh, can well. stick
1: like one candy corn in each day or <laughs> something.
2: Yeah, yeah 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 so it was uh that was pretty funny um but they came out sick so and people liked them so we just kind of you know just included them in with like merch bundles and stuff like that
1: right on right on Congrats on getting signed to or partnering with the Nuclear Blast. I'm not sure what exactly you guys did, but that's yeah,
2: yeah. Thank you, thank you. That was a. It's kind of a a bit surreal almost because like Nuclear Blast is like a label that we've all kind of grown up with. So to be in this position of like putting a release out with them is just mind blowing. Like I'm still still don't really know what to say, but I'm really grateful that. obviously we we dropped the first song um the other week and the reaction has been incredible they did an amazing launch um so yeah it's 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 amazing it's really I'm really grateful
1: is that um, the unbroken glass
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah so yeah I'm... thank you um yeah it's it was it was strange almost cuz I I'm sure you know better than anyone like when you have this body of work that you are sat on for so long like the the album's been finished for nearly year and a half and we're kind of just like
1: holy shit wow
2: yeah like waiting you know kind of waiting for release schedules and obviously with the the last couple of years everything's had a bit of a backlog when it comes to vinyls and pressings and stuff like that so we've had this body of work and we were kind of just ready to ready to put it out into the world but then you've got to kind of hold back I guess and just wait for the right time um, but now it's out there like the first songs out there I'm like wow like, this is it the ball's rolling now it's exciting it's really exciting
1: yeah cool video
2: thank you uh, yeah thank you we um we filmed it it's Rowdy um, as fuck
1: <laughs> it looked that. rowdy as fuck i was like holy shit people are going <laughs> off
2: yeah that's that's like a standard malevolent show like we, we try and capture that's what we wanted to do with that video and um, when i like me and uh, Basis Wilkie kind of came up with the idea of what we wanted to do and we knew we wanted to have like a live video and um, that kind of really captures the energy of a, of a malevolent show um and i feel like I feel like that video does it quite well. We um, we we did it all in Sheffield, like five minutes down the road from where we live, in this uh, warehouse, in a courtyard of this warehouse, and um, yeah, we just we, we did everything. We hired the stage, built the PA, put on a put on a show, like got the support bands, and just just made it like what we wanted to see, like a show that we we'd want to go to, and just invited all of our friends and our family down, and uh, yeah. Crazy. One of my favorite shows we've ever played. Absolutely insane. You
1: built the stage?
2: I didn't physically. We didn't physically build it, but we, yeah, we, we, we basically, yeah, we, 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 there's a stage company in Sheffield that we used and uh, we told them how we wanted it and where we wanted it and how big and, you know, so on and so forth. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Cause, cause you can't do shows inside yet, or is, or you just wanted to do it outside and have a certain look.
2: So yeah, we, when we did it, it was actually, it was not long after like the release of some of the restrictions. Um, so uh, we were allowed to do, we you were allowed to do con- uh, shows inside at that point, but um, we just knew we wanted to go for that open air look anyway. And just, we were like praying because obviously we live in the North of the UK. So the weather is very, very unpredictable. Like you can have glorious sunshine one day and it'd be snowing the next day. Okay. So we were like, we knew we wanted to do it outside and we wanted to try and, do it on a weekend where we prayed for you know good sunshine and we got really lucky with it which was crazy really thinking about it because yeah like I said the weather's so unpredictable but um yeah I I love those like we really got inspired by seeing like some of the um like the Instagram videos that were coming out of like LA like some of the section hate videos when they were playing like in like 2000 people under an underpass during lockdown and there was police and Helicopters and all that crazy shit going on. And we were just like, yeah, let's, let's you know, that's, that's, that's amazing. Let's, right. let's do a version of that. People are crying out for like a live show uh, and to somewhere to go and let off a load of steam. So let's, let's do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds cool, man. Yeah. Turned out killer. <laughs> turned out killer. Song's cool. I like your, uh, so it's the two vocalists, like Con- Conan or Con. I don't know how you say his name. Uh, Con. 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 Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. No, it's cool. He's got like a total Kurt winstein kind of a vibe to him you know
2: yeah 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 he's uh he's it's weird because everyone always compares him to kirk and when i tried we actually met kirk uh, a few years ago at a, a festival in germany and it was it was our guitarist's birthday con's birthday and i tried to get him to sing for kirk and i said look this guy sings just like you and kirk was like well fucking sing for me then man and i was like <laughs> con you've got to sing for the guy and con was like there in the corner like all shy and like yeah but yeah it's uh that was like i think that's the one time we met him and uh, i'm pretty sure we kind of forced him to do shots with us at some point because it was he's the, the best. best he's awesome. yeah yeah he's a he's a really cool dude really cool um but yeah con wouldn't sing for him unfortunately
1: <laughs> even after all the shots he wouldn't sing for him
2: no no it was uh i think he, he it, cause was he, he too
1: like too in awe or something
2: i think so yeah like obviously it's that like, kirk is a massive inspiration for him for all of us um so it's kind of like one of them where i think when he was put on the spot and he'd had a few beers it was in the middle of the day it was he, just, he wasn't feeling it but yeah oh well i'll just kirk, try and get him next time
1: <laughs> kirk, kirk is so fucking fun to hang out with like he's yeah. Did you guys hang out for a while with them? Or was it just kind of like a quick thing?
2: It was a quick thing. Yeah, one of our friends is was on tour with um, with them. And um, yeah, he kind of introduced us. And like, we were just hanging out for a little bit. I did a couple of drinks. And that was it. But yeah, um, we've met him. We've met him as well when we, we played in Sheffield. And I think we like, had a, you know, like the hello over the merch desk kind of thing. Okay, right on. Never, never really hung out properly
1: yeah you should yeah when if you ever get a chance at a festival or something definitely like make it a priority to go hang out we hung out with him in new orleans one time of all places fuck and it was i he's got a huge cock too which he likes to whip out at the bar (laughs) and you're like god damn it's a fucking it's a fucking forearm with a goddamn baby's head on it
2: Do you know what? I'm not even surprised, man. Have you heard how... That, that dude's guitar zone is so heavy, I'm not even surprised. Right. <laughs> right. You've got to have a big dick if you're pulling out them guitar tones. Right. right. right.
1: <laughs> he was fucking... But he was so fucking funny to hang out with, and we were doing... Oh, my God. They had... I don't, I don't even remember the name of the bar, but it was some bar, and he was... We were hanging out with... Uh, oh God, what was the guy's name? It was fucking... He kept on... Oh, we call him Snowflake. Snowflake, not like Snowflake, like... Uh, liberal person, but like back then it was snowflake because of snowflake. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And uh, <laughs> this bar that we were at had like it just had come in, like all these kind of flavored alcohols had just come out. Like, which you know, this was a while ago, so it was kind of like flavored whiskeys and flavored Jaegers and flavored you know, it was cinnamon this and spicy pepper that and you know, cold menthol this. And so, <laughs> I don't for some godforsaken reason we thought it'd be good to try every one of those <laughs> like you know they're just filled with sugar and like oh the fucking hangover the next day was just absolutely devastating
2: yeah i can imagine yeah they think- go on sorry
1: totally worth it though
2: <laughs> yeah i can imagine them the, the, i've noticed that the sugary drinks get you worse than the, just the beers
1: yeah oh totally yeah, every time I drink Fireball, the few times I've ever drank it, I'm like, fuck yeah, every time, man. Every time. Jeez. <laughs> and it tastes so goddamn good going down, but you're like, fuck. <laughs> my what, ass.
2: What's your uh, what's your go to drink then? What what do you like? What's your,
1: your favorite? I'm more of like I'm I'm not a big whiskey guy. Like whiskey, I don't know, makes me want to kind of fight and makes me my stomach kinda kinda fucks with my stomach and uh and so I, I've always been more of a vodka guy. So I'll drink Grey Goose. I drink Grey Goose and Bailey's, which is very sugary, but I just make it. Grey Goose, it, Baileys. I, Grey Goose wow. and Bailey's, yeah. And it sounds weird, but like I uh, I quit coffee a while ago. And I don't know, I think my body was just like, my body went through some crazy coffee withdrawal freak out. And so I started drinking Stouts and switched to Bailey's and vodka because it was like, that's where I'm going to get my coffee from. Okay. Yeah, and, uh, and I've just kind of stuck with it. I, I I think it's pretty good.
2: All right. Okay. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't thought you was a Bailey's man, to be
1: honest. I would, I, I, like. I had never had Baileys before this. Like I'd literally never ever drank Baileys in my life, and just one day it sounded good. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna try some coffee drink in my Fair. vodka," and I was like, "Fuck, I can jam on this."
2: Fair. I mean, that Baileys is like something that my like me and my family like maybe have one at Christmas. That's like. You know, you your oh, yeah? okay. I don't know why. I, I always associate that drink with Christmas, but
1: okay. Yeah, here I don't know. Yeah, people over here in America, it's more like you put it in your coffee. Like yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Fair. What do you? What do you guys? What's your drink of choice?
2: Um, to be honest, like I'm not a massive drinker, but if I, if I had to choose, it's probably like a spiced rum or something like that. Okay. Um, spiced rum. Uh, I'm not a big whiskey fan. The lads, I know they like gin and like they're they're big on their gin. So like whenever oh, okay. we whenever we get asked what, what do you want in your dressing room, it's always a bottle of gin uh with or excuse me, uh some like prosecco or something like that. They they were a big fan of that. But
1: Okay. So they uh, drink I'm, so what do they have the gin with? Nothing? Uh, any, anything. <laughs> any, anything. <laughs> seven up gin and seven up. Yeah, yeah. Anything they
2: can get their hands on. But yeah, like tonic. Gin, gin okay. and tonic.
1: Okay, gin and tonics. All right, gotcha. yeah. yeah. Okay, I've That's never cool. went down that route. What's what kind of what brand of gin?
2: Um, again, any, but Brilliant. I think Gordon's. Is it, is it okay,
3: Gordon?
2: I'm not a big gin fan to be honest. So yeah, least, uh, I'm. I just kind of give them the bottle and I'll see them in a few hours and pick right. up the pieces after the show.
1: <laughs> is that is that because you're singing and, or is it just because you're just not too big of a drinker?
2: Um. A bit of both, really. Like, I'll I'll drink even like uh, like social occasions, but when it comes to like singing, I try and like not do anything. uh Well, not having not not drink anything at all before the show, and then maybe after the show, I'll have a couple of beers or something to kind of like wind down. Um But yeah, I try and just chill out as man, be as healthy as possible before the show, and then afterwards, it's like yeah, anything. Right,
1: <laughs> right, right. are you i don't know if i got my time frame right but the last thing that i heard was that you guys are going on tour or maybe you already went on tour with uh architects
2: and uh yeah so that's in uh, may oh okay so that hasn't happened yet no not yet so yeah it's uh really really excited to be a part of that like obviously it's a band another band that we've kind of grown up listening to um and to be invited to play with them as playing like some huge venues, venues we've never even like dreamed of playing is incredible. Um, so yeah, super great. Yeah, people. it's
1: like an arena tour, right?
2: Yeah, man. I'm That's super wild. I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I um mean, yeah, I've I actually in, in my in my side job I work in security and events and stuff like that. So I've been to work at some of these places we've we're playing and I know how big they are and i'm just thinking in the back of my head I'm like oh man you've got to stand on that stage and be like the focus of everyone's attention and it's it's, it's a bit nerve-wracking but dude uh, that's awesome though like
1: you already know like you've already been to the venue that you're going to be playing like that's killer yeah yeah it's <laughs> um, like, i used to stand there you know? yeah, yeah yeah you can say that to the fans and be like dude that used to be me right there now i'm you can do this too well funny
2: funny you should say that really because we we played um, bloodstock um this uh sorry last year um and i I did security at bloodstock festival a few years ago and that i had so this year when we played i knew all of the security in front of the stage like they're they're all good friends that's killer and i I said halfway through the set and i I pointed at my friend and i was like look this is my friend adam it's his birthday today i want to see as many crowd surfers as i can over this barrier and I just I remember seeing like all of the security, the you know the stage spotters, the the supervisors just turn and look at me and go, "You fucking dick." And then yeah, and it, it was it was awesome because like I, I, you know the, the crowd loved it and they were they were they were on board and but it's sick as well because we a few of the other venues that we've played in the last couple of months have been venues that have worked out as well and so been able to use that line and that mosh call quite a few times and uh yeah it's it's fun it's fun it's it's a, i think I, i've got a bit of a unique experience uh, a unique viewpoint being where i am because i've kind of in the, some of the venues we played i've been the like the live event manager the security and then the guy on the stage causing all the chaos so it's uh yeah it's cool it's cool like to have like a 360 view of what's going on
1: right right and, i'm like I'm, sorry go but, ahead.
2: yeah i was just like and, like working security those kind of those wild events is like what I enjoy doing. is what I've done for like the last five, four or five years. So I know how fun it can be to be stood on that barrier, catching all the crowd surfers coming over, and just like I love seeing crowds go wild. Like that, that, that's 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 my bread and butter. So
1: right. I mean, that's yeah. always the best thing too when like you've got a good security crew that know what to do, and you're not. You know, sometimes you get, you know, sometimes you get a fucking asshole security crew that like doesn't understand what is ha- supposed to be happening and I mean, yeah we're supposed to be doing let kids fucking drop like let kids fall on their fucking heads or you know like yeah. it's fucking lame
2: yeah 100 percent. i feel like i mean what, what's the, do you have any standout moments in your career that have, like when you've like had to stop or anything like that,
1: that oh my anything? god so many times yeah like, so many fucking times like kicking security guards in the back of their heads because they're like because <laughs> they like They would drop people and then like fucking like try and fight them once they stood up, you know, like they would not catch them and then would like get all in their face. And it was like, what the fuck, dude? Like this is not this isn't your job. You know, (laughs) your job isn't to like push them out of the barricade or like fight them out of the barricade. It's to catch them and help them get on their feet and, you know, go back into it to do it again.
2: Make sure everyone's having a good time. Like, yeah, that's, that's what you're there for. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's we've Touchwood never had like anything too bad. Like the, a few years ago, like we, we had a few like there was like a transition phase where we went from playing the smaller kind of intimate venues to the bigger ones, and I think we had a few like incidents where we've had to p- tell people, "Yo, calm down." Like they're just kids. They're yeah, just kids. Yeah. Everyone's here for a good time. Everyone knows what's what's going on.
1: I mean, I think, too, like, I think a guy like you, especially because you've probably been on the receiving end of a bunch of, like, I don't know how many security briefings, like a band comes in. They're like, hey, this is what we want you to do. Or, you know, like, you kind of know what not to do.
2: Yeah. Mm.
1: And not what what not to say to the security guards so that you everybody has a good vibe. I mean, do you ever do like a security? Do you ever go talk to the security? Like when you're at, playing a show?
2: Yeah. And normally it's I, I do it for all the big festivals all the big shows um yeah it normally falls to me to do it and um, most of the time like i quite enjoy it because I'll, I'll, I'll tell them what's going to happen why they need these extra 10 staff during our set um and yeah it's okay I've, I've been on both sides of that meeting like you said the security meeting so i i can understand how coming into that environment and saying look in the third song we're going to ask for as many people over the barrier as possible how to a and Someone who's new at the job, how that can seem quite scary and like make people panic, but I think it's just about communicating that understanding that, look, if things are getting out of hand, we'll see it before you. Don't worry, everything's cool. They know what they're doing. We know where they're what. Yeah, what we're doing. So yeah.
1: Do you guys have a? I couldn't. I can't. I can't remember what, watching the video. But was there a barricade for that show, or was people just right up on the stage?
2: Uh for the unbroken glass video. and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, no no barrier. Um yeah, we we knew straight away we, we didn't want a barrier.
1: Uh, yeah, we, so we wanted stage it. Dive. Yeah, because everybody's stage diving, yeah, right, of course.
2: Yeah, we we wanted as many people on that stage as it would hold.
1: Um Some of those motherfuckers were getting so much air, dude. Jesus <laughs> Christ. It was sick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you guys must have just been like, Oh my god, I hope that guy's safe. <laughs> you know,
2: like, yeah there was a few uh, few scary moments for sure definitely. It were they jumping be...
1: off the PA? is that what I'm like? Yeah yeah. yeah
2: yeah there's there was a couple of friends doing like trying to do backflips because we actually like before the, uh, before the actual show started we wanted to stage some scenes just for like extra footage and so we got some of the crowd there early just to you know mime basically, mime a show and then uh, it turned into a bit of a competition on who could have like the most flamboyant stage dive off the <laughs> and i think yeah before before the doors even open, even open we had a kid with a dislocated shoulder and broken <laughs> nose and a broken arm and oh my God. yeah i've I got I, i've got to give it to them they were they committed to it 100 percent. right
1: that's <laughs> awesome and it's like a war wound you know it's like a war wound that they get to tell for the rest of their lives like i got i've dislocated my shoulder at the malevolent show yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I,
2: the first time I saw Machine Head, I pretty much got knocked out. I nice. think it was it was like it was when you played um, with um, Slipknot at the arena. Oh, okay, and uh was it two thousand seven? I think two thousand
1: eight. Yeah, two
2: thousand. Yeah, what arena?
1: What arena was that?
2: Sheffield Arena.
1: Okay, uh, Sheffield uh, Arena.
2: I think it was was it when when phil collapsed or
1: something um, oh my god yeah right right that was uh yeah, a set. yeah that was that
2: that was the first time i saw you guys uh, okay and I, I remember being picked up off the floor and the show was over i was like what what have i missed <laughs> <laughs> what happened that was short <laughs> yeah yeah how long was i out <laughs> but yeah that was a that was a wild show really wild show
1: it's it you know the that danger though, I've I've listened to you talk about that before. that danger is what makes it so fun and so thrilling. You know? Yeah, I, like Yeah, go on, sorry. No, I no, it's just uh I mean it is what like that I and I know for me, like even there even when I was a kid, like so much of what attracted me to Thrash and Punk and Hardcore was that. You know, for for us, I started going to shows. my my first uh, My first thrash show was this band called Exciter. They're like a Canadian thrash band, and I loved them. I thought they were awesome. It was the first time I'd ever seen a circle pit, I was like, "Holy shit, what the fuck is this?"
3: <laughs> and then the yeah. second
1: show I went to was Dri on the Violent Pacification EP. When alls they drew was San Francisco skinheads, and it's at the Mab. And this is at a time when, like San Francisco, there, there was a time prior to the tech boom when san francisco was just like this fucking lawless crazy you know the area where all the venues were was like just burned out buildings and squats and and uh so that's where dri played and i just remember it was so fucking violent. and i had hair at the time you know it's only like my hair was like down to here <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going into the show and i'm like holy shit and we get in it's just like these fucking linebacker sized dudes just all shirtless and fucking gigantic they just got out of prison and i'm like holy fuck it's me and my friend leroy we're just like two little 15 year old kids and uh we turn around behind us and this long-haired guy was coming in and one of the skinheads just runs up to this dude and fucking punches him right as he pays his five dollars boom no (laughs) no long hairs we were like holy shit we like tried to pull our flannels up like above our fucking head and uh I don't even remember the band that played before them, but I just remember DRI set where it was just, it was like a 45 minute long fight, like skinheads jumping up, like breaking beer bottles and like sticking it in their forehead and then like smearing the blood on their face and jumping off. And I was like, it was terrifying and exhilarating all in the same breath. And I was like, I need more of this. Like, this is what I need more of. That's
2: it, man. That, 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 that knowledge in the back of your head that you're not quite safe is, I think, one of the main things that drew me to go into shows. When I first started going to shows, like that kind of fear that you 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 know you you might get fucked up, like you might you might actually get hurt. And it's I think it's like the same thing that you know like extreme athletes and and these guys that are doing like backflips going down the mountains on motorbikes and stuff right. like that. I think it's the same kind of dopamine hit that they're getting it's like that that adrenaline rush is is you can't really come you can't really beat it like that 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 danger element is is so appealing
1: so what's you know, the what's the first time you remember feeling that at a show first time um like first show you go to where you're like fuck i might get my ass kicked or you know <laughs> whatever you know
2: i think the first time was probably seeing chimera um Yeah, either Chimera or Killswitch. Uh, Chimera played in Sheffield at this little venue called the Corporation, um, and it was back before like legal capacities were like a thing, and it was when you could you could smoke inside. And I just remember like a thousand, maybe a thousand people fitting in this eight hundred capacity room, and it was just like hemmed in, like sardines, sweaty, and like you couldn't even stand up because the crowd was just swaying. And that like yeah that i think that was probably the first time i was like oh shit this is this is scary but it's sick i love it yeah
1: what what album was that on
2: um
1: that, reasoning or anything like that
2: it was no so i the first time i saw him was i think it was just after that maybe it was, maybe it was just before resurrection actually okay um or just during that campaign because i know some of the guys they i remember the first time that, that they came um, all the rest of the band went, and I I couldn't go for some reason I th- maybe my mum didn't let didn't want me to go or something. Uh, I think I was only like twelve or something. And, uh, but yeah, the second time they came around, I was like, I am going to this show. and like nothing stopping me. I'm going. So yeah, they're uh, they're still to this day like one of my favorite bands. Like collectively as a band, like one of our one of our all time favorites. That's awesome. That impossibility reason album is like is like my one of my top threes. It's in, it's incredible.
1: Power Trip is fucking sick to this day.
2: Fuck your
3: power trip.
1: Just Dude, fucking that, heavy as balls.
2: That, yeah, man, that whole album from start to finish, it's one of the like it's one of those albums that for me, I can put it on from start to finish and enjoy every single minute, you know, like sometimes you'll, you'll get an album that you kind of like, you know, you might you might falter off. But every song on that album is a is a straight classic. Um, and we actually we were doing an Instagram live the other day, and uh, someone actually said, "How much? Do, how much have I got to pay to do to see you guys do a Chimera cover right now?" And we were just like, "Okay, bang!" Yeah, God, you went into it. Yeah, I jumped on guitar. Uh, Con jumped on vocals, and we just we just smashed out um, "Cleansation." Nice. Like, yeah. All time favorite.
1: That's all-time fucking favorite. awesome. Yeah, man. I don't. I, does Mark know that you guys are big fans?
2: I don't know. We I don't. We've never actually. Uh, I don't think we've ever like had it. I'll,
1: I'll hit him up after this. Uh, I'll hit him up after this.
2: Actually yeah, I'll, hit
1: up, I'll hit him up right now and just say I'm doing an interview with. <laughs> he's like I text with him all the time. He's fucking. He's an awesome dude, man. He's a fucking great dude. <laughs>
2: This is like i I'm not gonna lie, Rob. This is like a major like fanboy moment for me right now. <laughs> you've, got, you've got yourself and you're to- you're talking about texting Mark. That's that's crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just gonna talk this on the podcast right now. Comma, huge fans. Comma, we're talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, he'll get back. He's He's a cool, he's a cool homie. We did a bunch of dates with those guys. We did, I think we did one of their our first tours, one of their first tours. I don't know, back in the day. Super nice guys though, man. Fucking yeah, great heavy shit, great heavy songs.
2: Yeah, really good. And I, I, I mentioned this the other day to some of our friends. They like, they weren't kind of afraid to 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 try new things, and like, I feel like that whole kind of sound that they created you know, I feel like it was quite unique to them like especially with like stuff like Down Again as well I remember when I first heard, heard that song right. on that album and I just thought where did that come from
1: it's an awesome and, song
2: yeah and that that's, that inspires us a lot like with this new album like when we have like our slower songs like we're drawing that kind of influence to not be held into this bow, this this mould of just doing heavy stuff we want to mix it up as well so
1: I think that they're a band too that's like they came around at a perfect time. They're they're probably were probably more influential than they even they realize. You know what I mean? Like they kinda came at this perfect time, early two thousands, whole new generation of young peoples coming out and like they were killing it. You know, yeah. like you know, like for you that must have been like the perfect it must have been the perfect time to like you know here's this you were probably into whatever you were into and then chimera came along and maybe they were like the heavier thing that you started getting into
2: Am yeah right? like that whole like roadrunner era was like i uh, was my kind of introduction to a lot of
1: he just got back he said tell them hey i just listened to them on friday new track rips
2: <laughs> sick
1: <laughs> <And> that's amazing <laughs> that's, that's got me so hyped <laughs> Shout out to mark hunter from chimera
2: yeah man shout out mark thank you um
1: i completely lost track of what we were saying um oh just about their influence and you know like i don't yeah what, sorry what did so what do you what's what do you start listening to like and when you're like when you're first getting into metal music
2: so um my first ever like heavy album um i mean it's not even really heavy compared to today's standards but i remember my mum once bought, uh, bought me hybrid theory linkin park yeah that like this was like before I even really listened to much metal Um, and that was like a bit of a gateway album for me and then um,
1: Dude, you and so many people and, uh, yeah yeah and it, like, it, it, I mean it's a, and it's a fucking awesome record like it's a great top to bottom record
2: yeah 100 that's another album that you can just put on from start to finish and it's just like every song is a, is a, is a hit totally um, and then Shortly after that it was Chocolate Star Dog and the Hot Uh Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Soy okay. Water Yeah. Gotcha. That was that was a big one. Um and then Ascendancy. Um and Oh, Ascendancy. Been, wow, nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. uh so obviously when we so we got Matt on the new album, that was a another fanboy moment for for us, really, because having that obviously the the guy who kind of got me the first like proper screamer that I really listened to. And now I'm like adding him on call of duty to like play some games with him.
1: <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> right,
2: So weird, man. It's so weird. But yeah, I've, I've, got a lot to to thank like Matt for cause he, you know, he was, he was so willing to jump on the the new album and, you know, threw himself into it hundred percent. He like messages and was like, yo, have you got space for me? Let me jump on. And we were like, yeah, you know, we'll make space for you, man. Like <laughs> it's no problem. That's um, awesome yeah Um, and honestly like through for yourselves like Machine Head like like burn my eyes and through the ashes of Empires like through the ashes of Empires that album was like insane like when I first heard Imperium I think it was on um, it was on like one of the metal channels that we have here in the UK and this was like when I was first starting to listen I'm like you're fucking out. like when the snares come in I was like what is this this is crazy thank you man Um, so yeah like that was a huge inspiration for me and then your I remember there was a, I think it was a Metal Hammer or a Kerrang! DVD that had Seasons Wither live at Brixton.
1: Mm, right, right.
2: Uh, and it had the- That released video. in
1: the UK, yeah.
2: Yeah, and and that, that um, I remember, because this was in an age where like, when you had to like torrent music and stuff mm. like that. And like, yeah. I couldn't, I, I heard this song on the DVD. I was like, yo, I can't find this song anywhere. And I was like, I remember searching for months and months, where do I find Seasons Wither? And I, f- I think I managed to find it on on uh, on a website somewhere. So apologies now. I think I probably torrented it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, like <laughs> it's
1: fine. <laughs> you yeah, and, the... th- thousand you know, tens yeah. of thousands of other. The record was like up on the torrents like two and a half months before the record even dropped. So really, <laughs> We were like, oh well, fucking whatever. Oh shit! What was that? What's
2: that like? Like, have because obviously we you knew.
1: You know what? Like, I think that bands. I... I I guess I think it depends on what era you come from. You know, for for a, a band like us, you know, like I, I had a friend named Jim Pitman who was a tape trader, and you know, like we, he was the guy who I credit <coughs> with getting me into like the thrash scene. You know, up until then, I was listening to you know heavy stuff, but like he was the guy who turned me on to like all the underground metal, Metallica, Slayer, Exodus, and because he was a tape trader, he had like dude he had every fucking demo and every live bootleg i mean he had a 14 page list and he would just trade with people and so we would just listen to fucking new music and all of it was you know illegally copied <laughs> all of it everything yeah. we we had rain and blood three months before it came out we had exodus bonded by blood six months before it came out like you know i mean we were listening to the Metallica bootlegs, you know, bootlegs galore of Slayer. And, and, you know, so to me, like, you know, and there, there was kind of a scene, like some of those records, some of the records back then, like you'd buy it and it'd have like a picture of a cassette and it'd have like a, you know, like a, like a crossed out cassette. And it'd be yeah. like, home taping is killing music i'm like no no it's not like we're all like i wouldn't even know about your band if it wasn't for some dude in fucking the uk taping a venom album and sending it to my friend you yeah know, so yeah. so to me like i've always looked at it like that and just you know like hey people are out there and if people are talking about it it's cool and you know hey if you like it after you've torrented it or if you like it after you got it from a burn on a cassette like just buy it and support the band.
2: That's it. I I agree hundred percent. I feel like in this day and age now it's it's inevitable that you know your your music is gonna end up in the hands of someone for free. But as long as that person I think we've even we've even said it before, like yo, we don't even care if you when we put out our first album, we don't even care if you stream it, but if you come to a show and buy a t shirt or right. the stage, that's that's all I'm bothered about. You know Yeah, there's yeah. a lot
1: of ways to support a band now you know yeah yeah. not just buying you know a a physical product i mean you know, i don't know about you i don't even buy physical products anymore like
2: no no i don't i I can't i I honestly can't i can't remember the last time i I bought a cd like i think it's all just just spotify and streaming and stuff yeah
1: i mean it's like and especially for someone like the two of us like we travel we're on the road like I, you know do you want to bring your I i don't want to bring my vinyl <laughs> my record player on tour yeah exactly. bouncy fucking vehicle that i'm in you know like
2: so if you if you were to buy like if you were to buy something would you prefer to buy vinyl of a cd now uh no i wouldn't you
1: know no. i mean i wouldn't i mean i know i think that the majority of people would disagree with me. But and I know vinyl's super, super popular. You know, like we sell vinyl on our own and it's like out of our store and it's like fucking crazy. Like it's insane. Yeah. And uh but I, I wouldn't I don't think I'd buy either. You know, like I just wouldn't buy either. Like I stream it, that's what I do. And like that's yeah. how I'm gonna listen to it. I'm gonna listen most of the time I listen to music, I'm driving. You know, like when I'm driving, I I got about a half an hour drive just to get to my studio here. Mm. And that's when I listen to music you know, so <laughs> on that half hour drive to here or the half hour drive back or just when I'm on the road. So, you know, I don't I do listen to music like on the weekends at my house. But rarely will I listen to music like in the middle of the week in my house. Like I won't put I wouldn't put on a record. I wouldn't play a CD.
2: That's interesting. Yeah. I uh I feel that yeah, I feel like, like you say, vinyl right now is obviously it made a, it made this massive comeback. And I feel like if I wouldn't, I, I'm i like the same with you. Like, I wouldn't ever buy a CD or vinyl. But if I was to buy a vinyl, it'd be more for like an artwork. So like to frame on a wall, if I like if I really like someone's artwork, um, right. I'd like to frame it. And, you know, it's, it's like a piece of art rather than a piece of music. Right.
1: So. Totally. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, now, I could see that. I actually I say this I just bought the Iron Maiden Senjutsu vinyl last night. I went to Guitar Center cuz like my <laughs> our PA, our PA speaker blues so I had to buy a speaker. And uh and I saw it there and I was like fuck I was looking at it. it's like a triple vinyl. I guess the no record, like it's the record's almost an hour and a half long. I was like Jesus Christ. Like <laughs> anyway, it's a triple vinyl and I was just like that's pretty sick. I want to see what this looks like just to like see, you know, what other people are doing and and, uh, and i gotta say like shout out to fucking maiden like it's a sick ass vinyl package like it's it? really high quality
2: I, I, can, I can imagine them guys are just doing some crazy stuff when it comes to vinyls now like like you say like a triple vinyl like you see some like when we were discussing what we wanted to do we kind of like looked around at what other people are doing and like Honestly, it was like a whole world of like things that I knew nothing about. Obviously, I don't really buy vinyls, but like seeing what people are doing and like including them in with the vinyls and how like things fold out, just like simple things like how things fold out, like artwork comes out and what's included with it. Like it's it's crazy, like and it's sick because it just its for, for the people buying it. It makes it like special.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely like I think it's a collector uh mentality you know and i dig that and i can i get that like i totally get it and we're gonna you know like if we're gonna do something we'll put out super high quality shit but yeah, I, yeah for me i'm just you know like i'm i'm too mobile in my life to you know that to be the only way that i listen to music
2: yeah so what's when you're when you're driving to places and stuff what kind of stuff you're listening to i mean Do you have anything that you're like really bumping right now? Uh
1: malevolence. (laughs) I was I was bumping the new uh I like the latest. I actually went I like the latest knock loose, but I've been listening to the previous knock loose. The um I wrote a song up any better. Like all that shit. Fucking riff is heavy as fuck, dude. (laughs)
3: Um
1: I like that new after the burial. Okay. The latest, I mean. It's not new, but it's the latest after the burial. Sick. Sick. Um, I was rocking and then I, and then I rock, you know, like I rock some pretty, you know, I'll rock like a lot of hip hop. I'm a big hip hop head. So I always listen to hip hop and I'm always trying to hear like new hip hop even if it's like my son, my son listens to a ton of hip hop and most of it's just so lame. <laughs> like it's just, so, it's so soft. I'm always complaining to him. I'm like this shit's so soft. I'm like, come on, where's the hard shit? Like, he's like, there is no hard shit, dad. <laughs> but, but so, but every once in a while he'll throw like some hard and I'm like, I want the hard beat. I want the hard flow. And right. uh, so he'll throw something, but you know, like I'll listen to like something, uh, i gotta say it's totally st- it's so dumb it's so bad but i can't stop listening to it young gravy
2: like, young gravy i don't young know though. like
1: it's like there's a song, he's got this song that's kind of like a spanish thing it's it's so fucking dumb but like i can't stop <laughs> fucking listening to it it's so catchy and uh that's a sign I, of a good song though it if is it's catchy. Like, you know i follow this dude uh he's a photographer his name's adam gross adam de Gross. and uh he does you know he does a bunch of people he does suicide boys and post malone and shit like that and uh it's crazy like i follow this dude and you know i'm like i'm old i'm a fucking i'm a dinosaur compared to you and the rest of your guys you know what i mean like i'm fucking old but i feel like i keep my ear to the street and i know what's going on and like even like in the hip-hop world like i know what's going on relatively but i follow this dude's instagram page and he puts up photos oh here's so and so and i'm like who is that i click on their thing it's like four million followers i'm like who the fuck is this like like i've never even heard this person's name anywhere and he's got four million followers or she or whoever so
2: yeah i feel like right now that whole like hip-hop rap that whole world is like exploding but then you it's like it's such a high turnover rate like yeah who's big today is like almost like gone by tomorrow It's there's all there's so many new people coming through like I, I listen to a lot of like UK rap as well um, I think we all do like we all love like our rap and um, you know like grime and right. all, all, all different stuff from like the UK and uh, it's the same like over here in like UK rap there's so many new rappers coming through the all, all time like that scene is so competitive and like they're trying to stay relevant all the time so you've got all these guys that are producing like really hard shit like they have that uk drill sound which is like kind of merged across like obviously come from chicago and stuff like that and then new york have put their spin on it and it's like this global sound now and they're like all doing crazy stuff in the videos and who, trying who's like trying to out outdo each other like who's got the sickest video right, uh, right. and but i feel like that that whole scene is crazy because like they who's the They're top like,
1: of that scene right now
2: in the uk yeah like um, who's got
1: the craziest video right now that you're talking about
2: i saw one the other day for a, a, a rapper called heady one um and he had uh
1: heady like was... like head or heavy
2: heady heady like head yeah. um yeah heady one and the song's called call, call of duty or something like that okay and he's literally just walking through Like World War ii trenches in like an all white tracksuit, and there's like pyros going off, people getting shot, and it looks it looks insane, man. Like and like that whole yeah, just trying to think who else have I seen? There's a lot of UK rappers doing like sick high end videos at the minute. Okay, that's like where I like we draw a lot of our because we watch we sit at home watching these videos all the time, like me and Wilkie and we draw a lot of inspiration from us. Like we want our our videos to like be like, wow, like have that high end, that high budget and look clean and sharp. And that's kind of like what inspires us. So we definitely draw a lot of inspiration from that.
1: Right. What so heady one. Give me your, give me, give me three rappers to check out UK rappers. I'm not that familiar with too much UK rap, you know, like especially here in America, American rap is so dominant. Okay. I'm on the spot now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> i got okay. heady one even if i just go down a youtube rabbit hole off a of heady one i'm sure i'll find other dudes
2: yeah heady one's very, really popular right now um there's gigs uh who's like he's been going for a long time uh in the london scene um yeah he's just like he does stuff with drake right now and so he's okay. he's huge um but his a lot of his older stuff is like it's got that raw London gangster rap sound and it's, it's really like aggressive and dark. But cool. it, it's he's one of my favorites.
1: That's what, uh, that's what I like. That's what I, you know, kind of, that's what my ear is always drawn to, like the evil notes and the, you know, it doesn't have even have to be hard vocals. It's just as long as it's got like a dark vibe to it.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got one of like the, the deepest voices in rap music. So like, okay. he just his style is almost like, lazy talking but he's everything you say is like this and it's just like it's so hard man it's everything he's saying he's he's talking about like the 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 hilarious stuff as well so um yeah definitely check gigs out all right all right and um one of the new people that's uh i've been listening to a lot is abracadabra it's not not an amazing name but (laughs) he's sick and he does like, he's like jumped on this like new sound of like UK drill where it's kind of like fast, uh, hard, aggressive beats. Um, okay. But yeah, he's quite versatile. Like he'll I might, do
1: like, I might be into that because I've been missing like up tempo, like rapid right now is really slow. Like it's, yeah. everything is so slow. It's drives me crazy.
2: Yeah. He, he, he's, he's another one that's got like a really deep voice, but he's just, he's really good. Really, like really writes really catchy
1: songs. Um, right, so abracadabra, Giggs, and heady one. Yeah, i Yeah, yeah, not... approved. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of speaking of singers, though, I gotta I gotta give a shout out to your to your dude, Con. Man, like he's got a really great voice. Now that's, yeah, right. I think I think that you know I've listened to all the records and kind of the evolution of your band, and and I think the other side is really like pretty bold move for you guys, you know, like incredible guitar playing. Like both your guys are fucking phenomenal guitar players. And, uh, you know, to just hear the interplay and to hear, you know, a very, um, a very emotional vocal, like a very, um, you know, you can hear, uh, you can hear the ache in his voice. And I love that. That's such a, um, you know, it's very unique when it happens, you know, a lot of, a lot of, male singers have trouble getting there and it's it's kind of cool
2: yeah he's uh he's he's amazing man um and we kind of when we did the other side it was it was definitely like we'd kind of dipped our toe into that sound before like with like a few hooks we've kind of dabbled with it but we never really took the plunge as such um and that was kind of our first real like right we're gonna we're gonna write a song like this and con's gonna be the main he's he it's his song basically um so yeah and yeah he's he's always been able like to sing and but we've always excuse me he's always been able to sing and we'd we'd be at like band practice or doing whatever and he'd be like singing away in the corner setting up his gear and i'm like yeah he can actually sing like in key and he's he's amazing so yeah uh we definitely wanted to try and like incorporate more of that into our sound um and I feel like now it's kind of almost like a signature thing like it's not just like me on vocals it's me and Con on vocals and I, I love having that kind of that, that contrast of um uh, his his style and then my style together because I feel like it's just I feel like they complement each other quite well Totally. Um, and I've never been able to sing and I I'm, wouldn't even... Like, like to try really like it's not something that i'm very good at at all um
1: but you're but, yeah. really good at singing heavy like <laughs> really really good
2: <laughs> i appreciate that man thank you um yeah i feel like it's I'll, if if I, like when we're writing like the other side and some of the new songs on the album i I like to sit with con and i'll try and do what i think the melody should be and i'll be like con try and sing try and sing like this or try this line like you know, that and we'll bounce your ideas off each other and then but then he'll go into the recording booth and lay something down i'm like what you've just done is like 10 times better so um yeah he's he's sick he's sick at just being there, like able to improv on the spot or like what a cool melody that oh cool Um, awesome so yeah shout out to con i i know he he he, do you know what this isn't the first time i've ever done like a, a podcast and he was like helping me set up all the the mic and the gear because he's
1: this he's is the like, first time you've ever done a podcast
2: yeah yeah oh, okay <laughs> all right so it's a, it's a sick one to start with <laughs> um but he was helping me like set up the microphone and stuff earlier and i know i think he he, he would have loved to have been here so i'll uh i'll, be, I'll give him a big shout um when i see him next
3: <laughs>
1: do you guys sit do you guys write lyrics together like do you guys sit down and like I think maybe like I'll sing this part or you sing this part or like, how does that all work?
2: Um, So mainly when it comes to writing uh, lyrics, it's like me, Wilkie uh, and on this album, Josh and Con, we kind of both sat down together and we'd we'd kind of pick a a theme that we want to address um, and kind of go from there and bounce ideas off each other. Um, But then also Con will come down maybe on his own to the studio and just like record something without even telling us then the next time we turn up to the studio, he's like, hey, check this out, hit play. And I'm like, oh, sick. We've, we've now got a, a smash hit chorus. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it, on this album, we definitely kind of all pitched in uh, a lot more. Um, and yet we've I think with when it comes to writing lyrics, it's something that we've maybe like, I wouldn't say struggled with, but we like to take our time and we like to perfect what we what we're saying. Um, and obviously, like as we've as we've been going on, like the the, the content has like matured with us. So now we're like we actually trying like say something that's meaningful and like has an impact, and people can relate to them and it resonates with them. Um, and I feel like having that group energy of like bouncing ideas off each other is like a great way of doing that, because um, you kind of you might have an idea which you think is the best idea in the world, and then you'll come down to show it to the guys and they're like, ah, that that sucks. (laughs) As I'm, as I'm sure you, you know, um, so yeah. I mean, what what about you guys? Like when, when it comes to writing lyrics, what, what is your, like, how do you operate? How do you work? Is it your suggestion?
1: Um, I I run pretty much. I've always run everything past the guys, whoever it was, you know, like right now it's Jared. So I ran it past Jared and, um, you know, I think that, you know, a lot of times you can just go, you know, like sometimes they'll read something and they'll go hmm you know like they'll, they'll like read the lyric and just even they're still hmm like i'm like okay <laughs> like that's yeah that's There's not no th- rea- that's not the reaction i was looking for <laughs> dude
2: yeah, the, yeah that feeling is like you yeah you think you think you've got a sick line you look up from reading it
1: and everyone's just, uh, like, uh, they're like what, what? Yeah, <laughs> not, like, not good. Yeah. i mean for me i'm like i'm my own worst critic like i I can rewrite. I, I've rewritten songs like nine times, like thrown nine sets of lyrics out and just been like, okay, I got my one hook, but that's the only thing that's good. Everything else sucks. And so I just do that. And I tend to do that quite a bit yeah. until, you know, sometimes, and you probably know this, but like sometimes when you write something, like it reads really well, but then when you sing it, it sounds wrong, like, or it doesn't sound right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Totally so there's you know there's a lot of that I think like and and I think that's what you're saying like is that what you mean when you're like talking about perfecting your song
2: yeah 100% like we are definitely our own worst critics and myself I I it takes me a while to be happy with everything that I lay down and like you said like we'll wrap we're the same we write rewrite songs maybe five or six times or change things and but I think that's I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because I feel like although it maybe delays the process and I feel like we've we've always been a band that kind of like takes our time with releases like we haven't really put out a lot of music in we've been going like twelve years, so we've always kind of took our time when it comes to writing um and that's just because we just really want to be happy everyone happy with what we put out and um so yeah i think it can be like a good thing and a bad thing yeah Uh, but
1: with me i think i just it's got to be like if it goes through a million revisions cool but the last revision has to be like i got you know like you're the one who's got to sing it like it's got to mean something to you right
2: yeah yeah totally yeah and there's I've, 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 there's a couple of songs like I can I think, like on our first album where when we wrote them like Josh our guitarist was like 16 years old and like I was you know just, just when I was 20 so the things I wanted to sing about when I was 20 I like now now I'm 28 I'm like mm, I don't really want to sing about that anymore but you know that's that'll, it's, ha-
1: that'll happen
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's all part of the process I guess so yeah.
1: Absolutely, it it absolutely is, man. And you know, like y- you got to get there. Like you've got to do those things in order to get to where you are now. Like you've got to say something, and then, you know, it's. I think it's pretty healthy to look back on something and be like, ugh. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> yeah, what were I, thinking? What was I thinking? <laughs> I got a whole career of that. <laughs> what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> But, you know you, just, you live and learn and you just keep on going and you know like you it you go with what felt right at the time right like you know like that's what it's about
2: yeah exactly exactly yeah. It's, it's all like it was re- it's like relevant to what's going on in your life at that time so
1: yeah all right cool um i just wanted to talk to you too i i, I gotta say you've been pretty vocal about this and i think it's pretty amazing uh but you've been very vocal about you know men's mental health and uh i know you had some you lost some friends at the beginning of the pandemic and you had like you lost like four friends in a two-month period or something like that well, i like, think it's pretty hard to wrap you know my head around is horrible and uh you know i think the fact that you talk about that you know it's 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 really interesting to me as an older guy like i grew up in an era where like it was not okay to talk about that kind of stuff it was not okay for a man to express feelings about mental health and and uh you know it was a it took me till almost i was 30 years old before you know i went to therapy and started dealing with all of this shit inside of me because it was just not okay to do that and uh you know i just think it's so refreshing and and uh you know kind of liberating in a way to hear you talking very openly at shows about it openly in interviews about it and uh you know just wanted to say kudos to that and you know if you could talk about that for a little bit
2: yeah i am so i'll 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 be the first to admit that and i'll say this to anyone i'll be the first to admit that i've never claimed to be like uh, an expert or a preacher i like i will only ever kind of speak on my kind of personal experiences and i've obviously like like you said the the we We've lost quite a few of our friends and family members over the last few years, and and it's still going on now. To like, like I said, to addiction and to suicide. And I think there was just a point for me internally where I couldn't. I didn't want to get on stage and not acknowledge the fact that this is such a big thing that is going on. And yeah, that there is a lot of a lot of people talking about it right now which i think is great and i think i just felt like i needed to almost kind of say my my piece and say my part um and when i want when i when i said like on the stage the first time i said like about us losing friends it was really just straight from the heart and i needed to i needed to get this off my chest and say it's all right to not feel okay and you know Talking to the people around you will make that will make things easier. And I, I I sat down with the guys like before we played the show, and I said, look, like this was like really soon after we'd lost a couple of friends, and I said, like I want to say something on stage, and it's it's something I've never really done before. Like in the twelve years that we've been doing the band, I've never it's not it's something that I've never talked about on stage. We're very much a band that gets on stage, does the the macho kind of tough guy pots on a crazy show and then walks off and that's it. Um, but I sat down with the guys. I said, look, I really want to say what's on my mind and say what's what's in my heart right now. Cause I feel like when I was listening to bands younger and I was listening to, I was hanging off their every word. And I feel like if my, what I say at a show even resonates with one person, then that's great. That's, that's, that's what I want. Um, and like like I said, it's anxiety is something that I've like struggled with and I still struggle with now. Um, and especially over the last few years, like it's been a, a thing that's kind of become quite a, a, a daily factor in my life. Um so why not speak on it and why not kind of give my experiences? because um, the end of the day just you know, just because we're, we're in bands and we, we play music that we still have the same things that everybody else of. And I think sometimes it's good to remind people that, you have this kind of uh, this distance that you sometimes have with like bands and stuff um, really isn't... It's all made up. Like we're all the same, we're all human. Just because we're in a band doesn't mean we're not affected by the same stuff. Um, so that was kind of like what was the driving force behind me just really kind of speaking up. I said, I'll, ne- I'll never claim to be like um, a mental health expert or a preacher or anything like that. I will just say what i feel needs to be said and always encourage the conversation of between friends and family of i'm not feeling so good this is going on in my life can we talk about it um because speaking from personal experience as well like shit gets easier when you do
1: so yeah
3: (laughs) yeah
2: yeah yeah. uh,
1: shit gets easier after you start speaking about it you're saying
2: yeah yeah and like that taking that first step can like, I'm just like opening up to someone about how you've been feeling is, can be like insanely daunting. So I feel like having people in like the the fortunate position that we're in, like encouraging that, um, you know, is, is a good thing.
1: Yeah. No, good for you, man. Yeah. That's cool. I, I, uh, I think that that's i think that that's that important man you know, yeah like, it's, like i agree with what you say that even if like one kid hears that you know like it's you know i can think of plenty of things like that that were said that shows i was going to that like helped you know
2: yeah exactly and like yep i remember like going to like some of the first shows i went to like hardcore shows and stuff and you 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 you're there to have a good time and that but you you do take on board what people are saying when they're like in between the songs and and it and it does kind of stick with you um and now i'm in that fortunate position to do the same so yeah i just felt like i needed to uh you know to get it off my chest really
1: did you uh, find that that people reacted to that like maybe not at, at the show but maybe after the show when you're talking to kids did they you know
2: yeah massively exactly. massively um yeah i've got a lot of messages on instagram i think i think it it actually resonated with more people than i thought um and just like speaking to people like after the show at the, at the merch table and stuff like that um it makes you realize that you know it has resonated with people um and it's it's nice to hear that you know your words have have been like almost taken on board i guess um and to hear it actually like it has had an effect so yeah yeah it was it i had a lot of i remember the first time we we i said something like that on stage uh was it download the download pilot last year straight after all the lockdowns had ended so obviously everybody who was there this event just come out of like a, a rough two and a half years right um and they can and speaking about these things like straight away, I think, yeah, I think resonate with people because obviously you've got so many people coming out of like tough situations, and yeah, I guess it just the 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 amount of like positive response I got after that show alone was insane, like a lot of Instagram messages and tweets and texts from friendly family members and friends just like I heard what you said, um thank you for saying that and yeah it's cool it's cool it's it's weird because i'm still kind of in this like me person i'm still in this phase of like is it my place to say something but also like yeah it is i mean it almost feels like i'm pushing myself completely out of my comfort zone um to to, to talk about this stuff which is a good thing i guess totally, and
1: I, I, totally is you know like you're and totally, I totally. I mean, you're making yourself vulnerable.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And I, 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 I totally get like because I a lot of the obviously I from the my, my career and in the industry that I've worked in, like I've worked with a lot of like men who it's like you said, like, and, and they get to the the latest stage of life and they've they've never talked about that kind of thing before, Uh and. They're like some of the guys that I work with now, they're in the sixties and seventies, and they, so they they don't necessarily understand it. But it's becoming such a big thing that they've actually started taking it on board and listening to this kind of new like mindset, I guess. Right. Uh, and it's yeah. So I, I do. So there's still definitely I think like that element of macho kind of we can't we can't kind of we can't talk about this, but. You know, like we can, and we, I feel like it's it's making ourselves vulnerable a little bit. It's not, it's not always a bad thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's scary in the sense that you feel like you're giving your naysayers ammo or something, right?
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, definitely. I feel like, but I, you know, I I I, I, think, I think I think I think excuse me. I can't even get my words out. I think there was definitely an element of that, but like I said, the when you re- when you do speak about these things and you realize that that mindset is and that that kind of negative energy, um, you don't really notice it when you've got so much good stuff outweighing it and g- yeah. good
1: feedback and totally, and, yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah. the thing that I think makes people uh, connect even more. Hundred percent. You know, that's what makes people go, fuck, like this band is more than just mosh riffs and fucking, you know, sing-alongs or whatever, you know, like that there's yeah, yeah. behind it, you know? And a lot of times there isn't, you know, like a lot of times, you know, I'm not going to say any bands, but like sometimes it is just mosh riffs and sing-alongs and that's cool. But like,
2: and I, I love those
1: bands. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, yeah, I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with it, but like me personally, I need a layer below that to like, you know, for any kind of long-term connection, you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: hundred percent. I feel like it, that kind of getting to know the band or the, the, you're getting to know the, the band behind the album that you're listening to on repeat is, is so much more important to like building that long, that fan that will stay there and support your music for, the next 10 20 years like that's that's what people want they want that connection like so and yeah. yeah it's important i think it's really important
1: i sing i think a song like the other side helps do that too because it really is just like a very emotional song you know like it's very vulnerable it's very uh you know like all the things that i said earlier about it but you know it's and it's pretty bold you know i am surprised so, like have you guys played that song live yet
2: yeah, we've played it a lot of times, and it's okay. it's like one of my favorite songs to play live because we we it's like slap bang in the middle of the set when, right when people are starting to get a bit tired and like sweaty and they need a minute to kind of catch their breath. Okay, and the, the whole the whole vibe of the show just changes, and I I tell everybody to close up the dance floor. We don't need the mosh bits. Everyone gets the phones and the lighters out, and it's just wow. like,
1: it's a really special. Dude, that's color. killer.
2: Yeah, man, it's, it's
1: That's amazing.
2: We, we joke around and like we'll say i oh, light this shit up like a fucking drake concert and and it's 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 sick because like yeah
1: it's <laughs> like yeah. like a drake concert
2: yeah that is one of my favorite mosh calls i'm not gonna lie <laughs> um but yeah it's it's like a really cool moment because every time we play that song i'm like stood just at the front of the stage and am like i'm just grinning ear to ear because wow. People like sing it and they're like, you really, really hear it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a special one. It's uh, last th- we played it in Sheffield a few weeks ago, and uh, it was our biggest Sheffield show we had done thus far. Um, we played the O2 Academy, and there was like 2,300 exactly. people there or something. It was for what with While She Sleeps, and that was like a moment for me. That I was like, oh, fucking hell, this is incredible because it's like. There's all these people they have all got the phone lights out and they're singing every single word. And it's like, it's like as loud as, as, as loud in my, inner, in my ears as Con is. And it's just like drowning him out. Uh, like, I, as I'm sure, you know, there's like, that for me is like one of them. There's no better feeling. So yeah.
1: Oh yeah. That's a, That must've been, I mean, that's fucking packed for that place, dude. That's fucking slammed the rafters.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, awesome. it was sold, sold out. Yeah. Crazy.
1: That must've been a blast
2: yeah so much fun so much fun. did you
1: guys come up with while she sleeps
2: so yeah they um so even before i joined malevolence so i joined in 2010 um and the band but the band was still playing like local shows before then um and so i think around like 2007 like they were playing shows to like five people in, the, in a local venue with while she sleeps um, so yeah we've we've come up together really obviously those guys are doing massive things now like they're onto soaring new heights and but they their unit their warehouse is like five minutes like a stone's throw away from us oh, okay so like they inspired us to do to build this kind of unit and to see like obviously seeing a band from sheffield do that was was mo- was so motivating um and they've helped us out a lot over the years we played a lot of shows together um yeah we're, we're good friends so yeah it's it's sick there's a there's like a whole area like in sheffield like this little industrial area where there's us, bring me the horizon and while she sleeps all in this little right. industrial estate oh um, nice nice so it's, the, it's the heavy metal corner of sheffield
1: hell <laughs> yeah! <you>, holy smokes <laughs> you guys had uh carl bone work on your record right yeah we did yeah yeah that's awesome. Yeah, he was my engineer for through the ashes of empires.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I, I asked. I think I asked him about it the
1: first time I ever met him. <laughs> no, right on. Yeah, we yeah. had. I spent like three weeks with him in uh, fucking middle of nowhere. What's it called? Uh, the chapel. It the it? chapel in Lincolnshire.
2: That's um, it. Yeah,
3: uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: so, it was pretty. It was really remote. Like I was like, holy shit, there was nothing around. There was a yeah. pub. There was a pub. grateful <laughs> <There was, laughs> for that.
2: But yeah, no, he's he's a really nice guy. Uh, so him nice and guy. him and Jim Pinder, uh, they worked on our on, on this new record, malicious intent, and they did such a fantastic job. And I'm so grateful to those guys as well because they're such nice guys, and you can really have like have a laugh with them while you're recording. I know that like some of the lads, they came back from the studio tracking guitars, and they just like they had they had a whale of a time. So. That's um, awesome and they, yeah they i feel like they, they definitely put a lot of hard work into getting the album how we wanted it to do to sound um, so i've got to, yeah i've got to give a massive shout out to those guys
1: yeah he was Collins' engineer for a while it was cool he was a good guy though i did. i liked him man
2: yeah
3: man
1: why don't you uh why don't you tell us about tell us your new record tell us about your upcoming tours uh any u.s stuff coming up here anytime soon possible uh not at the moment we're we're working on it um we're trying to just waiting for things to uh, align right um but it's been because it's wide open here like you know fifty thousand people a day dying of covid but we're we're open for business (laughs) 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 it's looking to the wild wild west out here it's insane yeah it's (laughs) it's crazy like that's as if there's that many people dying though it's i mean over It was, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) December and January were the worst. It's actually getting better now. So, wow. Shit. That's good. But, I mean, but yeah, we, we, sorry, not a day, a month. I, I, yeah, 100,000 people a month. Sorry. Not, not, I mean, still, fuck. (laughs) Fuck Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, I want to come, I want to come back as soon as possible. Um, we haven't been over since 2016, I think. That was, well, we've only been over a long time yeah we 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 came over with Kublai Khan and Jesus peace um, okay and that was our first ever time over there um and we had a really good time but we're just we're just waiting for you know Great opportunity waiting for the right opportunity yeah exactly um so next we've got um yeah we've got the upcoming uk shows with architects
3: <clears throat>
2: excuse me um which obviously are huge huge shows for us some of the biggest shows that we've done ever so uh really excited for that um is that europe too or is it just the uk it's just the uk um yeah you're
1: not really open right now
2: it's a bit yeah it's a bit strange so like this weekend we've got we're headlining a festival in belgium um and that's our first european mainland show since 2019 um so that's i think that sold out yesterday so oh, okay cool that's that's going to be fun i think that's going to be because their restrictions have only just released as well so i guess a lot of people are going to be ready for ready for a show um so we've got yeah we're playing Winterfest in belgium this weekend um and then we've got a few uh a few of the festivals doing download festival um i'm trying to remember what else we're doing um uh, my mind's gone blank now. Sorry. <laughs> oh, good.
1: Malicious, intense, new record, right? Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. So yeah, coming out 20th of May, um, we're going to be dropping, uh, a single, um, hopefully within the next month or so, uh, for the, for the next, uh, the next video. Um, and I think the, uh, pe- I think people are going to be a little bit shocked for the next one because it's, it's a bit different to the first one. And I feel like it's, It's funnily enough, probably the most Chimera-inspired song on the album. Okay, uh, cool. This next one. So, uh, yeah, super excited to drop that one. That's because it's a it's a heavy one. Um, So yeah, the album's coming out on twentieth of May, Um, and yeah, we just we've got a few things lined up um, and like a few things in the pipeline that aren't fully locked in yet. Obviously, with the whole kind of europe in in limbo as such we're just kind of waiting for things to to settle down but um yeah we've got doing download festival this summer and we've got a few european festivals away we're going to be hitting up as well
1: yeah i mean hopefully uh you know with everything going on with russia invading ukraine like that doesn't cause even more chaos and europe you know yeah i mean it's it's
2: a it's a bit of a scary time, I guess that we're we're living through right now. So, yeah, I hope to uh, I hope we can you know get out as soon as we can. Um, but I'm really excited for people to to hear this new album. I feel like it's it's definitely it's all, it almost feels like the natural evolution of Malevolence, but also like it feels like the step up that we've 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 needed to take. And uh, I feel like yeah. I poured a lot of hard work and soul into it. So I'm excited to show people. Um, Yeah.
1: (laughs) Awesome, man. Well, dude, thanks for being on the podcast.
2: Dude, thank you so much for having me. It was a real privilege and an honor. So, yeah, this is – honestly, if you told me 10 years ago, like, this would be happening right now, I wouldn't have believed you. So thank you so much for having me on. I really do appreciate it.
1: Yeah. No, you're a great guest, man. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, right there, the mighty – Mighty Andy Taylor from the Mighty Malevolence
3: no fucking
0: with Rob Flynn.